Hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. I am Michael and tonight I'm very excited for the show. We are going to do a trial of the RPG Threadbare where you play toys or more importantly I think broken toys in a broken world as it was explained to me. Uh, I don't have a character yet because we're going to do that as part of the show but as far as introductions I, I again am Michael and you can find me of course at the RPG Academy everywhere you search. If you find someone else at the RPG Academy let me know because something's wrong. Joining me tonight as players uh, to my below me I don't know what it looks like on everyone else's screens is Lisa. Lisa introduce yourself to everyone please. Hey everybody I am Lisa Lee and I am a voice actor and you can find me on Twitter at Lisa Bell and uh on Twitch and various stuff. I'm on Nerdsmith and I'm on uh, How We Roll. And I'm excited to be a broken toy today. Fantastic. And the other player joining us tonight is Taylor. Taylor, say hello to everyone. Hello, friends. Uh, I am Taylor. Uh, you may recognize my voice from other RPG Academy trials. I use he, him pronouns, and I run RiverhouseGames.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Leviathan Files. Excellent. And our GM for the night is the game's designer herself, Stephanie Bryant. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Michael. Um, I'm Stephanie Bryant. I am a game designer and a project manager. And you can find you can find Threadbear at threadbearrpg.com. You can find me all over the internet, usually as Mortane. All right. So with that, uh, so character generation is part of the game. So we're going to do that together now. So... Before we came to this, uh, I emailed you guys a link to some downloads of PDFs um, with the character sheets. And those are available for for people who are listening at home. Those are available for free on the threadbearrpg.com website um, <laughs> to make things a little That's easier. Cool. Um, it includes the uh, character sheet and the uh, basic moves. So... As a quick overview, this is an apocalypse world powered or powered by the apocalypse game. So you have your your standard uh, moves that can be triggered by actions. And when you make a move, you roll 2d6 uh, and you add a relevant stat to that. And uh, if it's a 6 or less, it's a miss. If it's a 7, 8, or 9, it's a... Um, partial success a qualified success and if it's a uh, 10 or better then you you win congratulations and you kind of <laughs> yeah you kind of have narrative control over what happens next um and i take that very very liberally in threadbare uh this is a very lighthearted game so in many powered by the apocalypse games even a even a success you'll find yourself in a bad you know like a tight situation and in Threadbare, it's like the the winds are bigger, <laughs> so this should be a very fun and lighthearted kind of kind of experience. Excellent. So one of the things that I like to do before we even make our characters is talk a little bit about what we want the tone of the game to be. I just talked about how this does tend to be a, a lighter game, but we can take it a little darker. We can take it even lighter. So I have three, quote, tones for the game. Uh, one of them is called fluffy. And fluffy means that uh, things are much nicer. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's what we play when we don't want the world to be really hard. Um, we want to focus on making friends. Um, it's very, it's very 
happy, <laughs> uh, tends to be very happy. Um, you still can have conflict. You could still have challenges. But for example, I can never give you a opponent as an NPC who can't be reasoned with. And the the focus is very much on, you know, just overcoming obstacles rather than overcoming other characters. So that's that's fluffy. Uh, and then there's scruffy. And this is kind of the sweet spot for, for Threadbare. Scruffy is where uh, things can be a little rough. Um, I can I can present foes that that are that are sort of hostile, but not necessarily um, ir- like irrationally cruel. And uh, again, we still have, you know, we, we still have obstacles that we need to overcome. We'll still have a need for teamwork and things like that. But the, the like, it, it can just be a little bit darker. Like the themes can be just a little bit rougher. Um, and then uh, the third tone is called dented. Um, that's where like i like i can i can give you an enemy that that you will never be able to make a deal with and they will always hate you and and like there's no way you can get away from that um it's that is not the sweet spot for threadbare <laughs> i will tell you flat out it is it is it does not play well um mostly because it's it's hard to have that and keep um and keep the sort of the joy of playing toys uh, <laughs> um, but if that is something that you guys are interested in, then then we will play that but I leave it to you guys to talk about what you want for the tone of the game uh, I'm fine with any of the three um, I, I do sometimes tend to play more soulful characters where you know tragedy brings out the best if not worse than me but the goal of this is to present Threadbare to the audience in the best possible light. So if you think Scruffy is the, you know, ideal method, then I I think we should go with that as long as Lisa and Taylor are okay with that. Yeah, as soon as you said that that was the sweet sweet spot, that's my mind went okay. That's the one that I want. Yeah, absolutely. Like, if that's what the game is designed for, I want to okay, see that. Okay, great. And and fun trouble. Yeah, that also yeah. sounds delicious and great. Yeah, so. <laughs> and it's and it's good. Um, one of the reasons why I have the other two tones in there is in playtesting, I did find a wide range of ways that people approach the game, and one of mm-hmm. them that I kept getting asked was, "How does this play with younger kids?" So, fluffy is kind of the is the sweet spot when you're playing with kids who are like under ten. That's so cool. Yeah, and what's funny is that you're not playing fluffy because the under ten year old needs the fluffy. You're playing un- you're playing fluffy because the grown ups want <laughs> they like like grown ups don't want to play like you know their their stuffed animals being mean when they're playing with their kids. It's really weird yeah. to see that like you know because kids are really like no rah 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 you know <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna fight you <laughs> but um, yeah. But with the grownups, like they're like there's there's sort of a different dynamic when when you're playing with uh, adults and children. So. So, yeah, that's that's sort of the that's kind of why Fluffy even exists. But um, great. So Scruffy. Scruffy is a great tone to be in. And uh, we will have a lot of fun with that. So there are three types of characters that you can play. You can play a softy. And the softy is a soft-sided toy. So a stuffed animal, a rag doll, um, any kind of, you know, soft form 
toy that you can think of, you know, a, a hand puppet. Um, and uh, Michael, you said that you tend to go a little more soulful. In Softy, there is a type of character called I'm Real, and that's the Velveteen Rabbit of of the game. Oh. And here's the thing with I'm Real. So I'm going to give a little backstory about, about the world of Threadbare, which is that in the world of Threadbare, it's post-apocalyptic. All of the people are gone, and the toys have inherited the Earth. And, you know, in a way, like, Earth is not inhabitable. There, there aren't even really animals left. So what happened to the people? And what's interesting is that Threadbare characters don't care. They don't ask. They woke up after they were gone. They just, you know, became alive or aware and and they don't really question why this is the world that they have. But I'm real was awake before and they might remember. And so they may have loss and there could be pathos. And if you want to play that kind of character, that is that is absolutely the right, you know, the right form uh, to play for that. Okay. But there are a lot of other really cool forms in, um, you know, in, in the softy realm. Like there's soft sculpture. So you can be like some weird little soft sculpture art project thing. You can be um, something called the Carnival Prize which is, you know, you're big and weird and you might not even be, you know, shaped like a, a, a creature. You might be like a, a baseball bat with eyes and a, and a mouth. <laughs> I mean, you could just be all kinds of weird things like that. So those are softies. Uh, you can also be a mecha. And mecha, as you might guess, are the hard-sided toys. So those are, you know, the plastic toys, uh, dolls, you know, plastic dolls, fashion dolls. Uh, you can be a marionette uh, because that's a hard uh, puppet. You can be anything with a that would normally be battery operated, like a like a robot or or something like that. An RC car; those would all be mecha. There's uh, transformer toys that you can be, um, and there's I I don't know if anyone else had the briar horses, right? And they're they're just a solid piece, right? Um, but we played with those a lot when I was a kid. And so there is a toy called Rock, Rock Solid. And Rock Solid is, uh, like, you can't be broken. You, like, your your base core body can never be broken because that is all you are. That's the only part you start with. You are just a solid toy, you know. And, and I'm sure we all have had toys that are just like, yeah, it just kind of sits there. But that's what it is. That's what it does. <laughs> And then the third kind of toy that you can be is not actually a toy. You can be a sock. Um, I, the, the DNA of this game comes out of my knitting obsession. And so you can be a, a sock. You can be an athletic sock or a Christmas stocking. Uh, you can be a, a sock puppet. You can be a pair of tights. You can be a wool sock, like a hand-knit wool sock or a sturdy sock. And you can even be finger puppets, which are kind of like little socks for your fingers, you know. I, I forgot to mention one of the one of my favorite mecha forms, which is the bunch of little guys, um, which is kind of like the finger puppets. Um, so both the finger puppets and the bunch of bunch of little guys are groups of toys. Bunch of little guys is like 
I want to play the barrel of monkeys, right? And, or I want to be a, a bunch of little army men, or I want to be a, a collection of rubber duckies, which somebody played in one of my games once. And you have sort of a hive mind <laughs> with that character. And they, you know, they, they kind of, they can go every which way because there's, you know, up to like a dozen of them. So there you go. Those are the, the basic forms. And um, let's hear what, what appeals to you. What, what sparked your imagination there? All right, Lisa, what about you? What, what stood out to you there? All of them. <laughs> this, is, this is delicious. This is so much fun. Oh, my gosh. But I think I want to be classic. I want to be a doll. Okay. Do you want to be a rag doll or do you want to be a hard doll, like a plastic doll? Um, I think, I think I want to be like, what would a, what would like a, a rag doll. A rag doll. Okay. I want to be a rag doll. Alrighty. So that would be the softy playbook? That would be a softy playbook called rag doll. Excellent. All right. And Sailor? Uh, I think that I'm going to be a rock solid. I think I'm going to be one of those, um, you may have gotten them at a museum or like a zoo. Um, but just a like one single chunk of plastic that's a moose or like uh, not a moose, but like what are the like a megalosaur or what are they? The prehistoric moose like things with just antlers that go on for days. OK, love it. <laughs> oh, those. my God. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, then I will take the sock pocket <laughs> sock puppet. Uh, I think we'll do the finger puppet. So I like the idea of being a bunch of things together. So I will be the finger oh puppet. Oh my god, that's awesome! Great. <laughs> All right. Oh my god, that's great. Um, I I should have been clear. You don't have to like. You can double up uh, because every toy is going to be unique, no matter what you do. So mm-hmm. yeah, I just think it makes sense to. Share, you know, spread it spread out. Spread it out, bit. sure. Yeah. All right, cool. So, um, so let's look at. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look in my book, and I know Taylor has a copy, and I know. Yep. Um, so, so Lisa, your rag doll. Yeah. I'm gonna read you the description from from the book. Okay. Stitches can be witches. You're the enigmatic, always smiling secret keeper. When you roll a six or less, you unravel a secret. You damage one part but you gain one hold, which you can spend to ask a character one question. GM characters must answer truthfully. Player characters may deceive you, but you will know they are not telling the truth. You can have up to seven starting parts. And the suggestions for your starting parts are like your head, your arms, your legs, your outfit, your stuffing, your hair... Or you can take you can take a part that isn't a physical part, like you could say, I have a favorite color. And the thing in Threadbare is don't write down a part that you don't want to have broken because your your parts are literally your hit points. So when something breaks, it'll be like, oh yeah, no, your arm broke. It's you can't use it now. Uh, <laughs> or, or whatever it is. So that's so cool. <laughs> So go okay. ahead and like on a piece of paper, or if you printed out the character sheet, jot down. You you can like think of seven things that will be your your parts, the things that make up you. All right. So uh, Michael, you have one part. You've already just. De- de- I'm sorry, uh, Taylor. You have one part. You've already de- decided that you're a megalosaur. So you're pretty easy. But I'm going to read it out loud for everybody uh, playing along at home <laughs> for the rock solid. You're a solid friend with no moving parts at all. 
You might be a solid plastic dinosaur, a pet rock, or even a Lego tchotchke from a long, sorry, logoed tchotchke from a long past trade show. When you roll a six or less, damage one part or device that isn't your starting part if you have one, and gain one hold which you can use to resist someone trying to force you to do something or go somewhere. You can have only one starting part, which cannot be damaged. So uh, the suggestions are, you know, a hard plastic dinosaur, a pet rock, children's pottery sculpture, a character from pop culture, a chew toy. And one of the notes on the rock solid is, and this is sort of a strange advantage, if you don't have any additional parts or, um, or devices, you don't damage anything on a six or less, but you still gain the hold. Mm. And the GM still makes a move. And then, finger puppets for Michael. Like a bunch of little guys, you are a group of tiny socks, each with its own personality and look. When you roll a six or less, one of your puppets finds a new home. Damage one part and gain one hold, which you can use to establish a minor fact about someone you just met. You can have up to ten starting parts. Suggestions. An ensemble of finger puppets of different appearances. Describe them. A bandana backdrop. A theme song. So each one of your each one of your puppets could could be one of your parts, and you can write down who they are. Alrighty. Alright. So in addition to those that those parts for your forms, everybody also has a special move from your form. So for softies, the move is bossy. When you try to convince somebody, someone that your way is best, roll plus smile. So this is going to be for Lisa's ragdoll. If they are a GM character, on a 10 or better, they're convinced. They do what you want. On a 7 to 9, they do what you want, but you must give them something similar to the bribe. If they are a player character, on a 10 or better, they, if they do what you want, they gain a hold as if they'd rolled a 6, but without damage. And on a 7 to 9, if they do what you want, you owe them a favor. So there's a little bit of a, a little manipulation in there available. And then the softy friendship move is when you put someone else's needs before your own, they tell you how they are weak, afraid, or vulnerable, and you tell them a secret of your own. You may also create a tie with them. So in an ongoing game, this is these are like the equivalent of bonds that you might have in, uh, in Dungeon World, and... You can add ties to different characters throughout the throughout the game or throughout a campaign. This is a one shot, so we all start with one tie with each other, just as a as a matter of expedience. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then uh, for socks uh, for Michael, mm -hmm. when you help someone, uh, your sock move is called paired up. When you help someone, treat a seven to nine partial success as a ten or better. If the target is another sock, they get to roll 3d6 and pick the highest two dice. So when you pair up with other socks, you get some synergy. And then your friendship move for socks is when you ask for help from someone else for something you can't do by yourself. If they help you, they feel better about themselves, they may repair a part, and you also may create a tie with them. Okay. And then for the mecha... The mecha move is to salvage parts. When you are the target of a jury rig move, which I'll get to in a minute, you can use up stuff in addition to any needed for the move to gain a new move. 
even if you didn't choose that result. You can only gain one new move from any successful jury rig. Note that, in general, you either have stuff or you don't, so you'll need another character to give you their stuff to use this move. Mm. But that's okay. Maybe you have a friend, because here's how you make friends. Uh, once per session, when you play a game or play fight, for example, headbutting without intending any damage with someone else, they learn something new about their own capabilities, which may result in a move, and you create a tie with them. So, let's talk a little bit about what happens in a typical Threadbare game, because I've talked about how you know you might break apart and you might have a jury rig. So that's jury rig is one of those basic moves. The very first basic move that I have in this game is called help someone. And when you help someone, you roll plus the number of ties you have with them. So for everybody in this group right now, it would just be plus one. And on a 10 or better, you get to choose three or better, three from the list. And on a seven and nine, you choose one. And the list is they gain a plus one on their next move. They take the, you take the consequences of a failure on their next move for yourself. So like if you want to help them just by, hey, if this if this goes badly, I will help. I will take that consequence, you know. Nothing breaks. So if you don't take that, something's going to break. Or someone else can help too, point to the next helper. And this is how you can get multiple people helping out in a in a uh, situation. And you'll need that because if you ever want to make something by building it, you need some, you know, you'll need some materials, you'll need some things that you'll find, but you'll also need a number of helpers that I, as the GM, would tell you how many you'll need. So it might be something like, oh yeah, you'll need, you know, you're making something big, you'll need two helpers with that. And then it's, okay, well, then we all have to get in on it. And in order to bring in, you know, like, like one person can help. But in order for the second person to help, they have to choose that result. So there's kind of a little, a little cascade going on there. So some of the other things you can do, you can make friends. And this is for GM characters only, uh, because obviously uh, making friends among the player characters, you do that using your, your special friendship moves. But if you approach a GM character with a open and earnest heart. So this is, this is, I'm not trying to deceive anybody. I am just trying to make friends with you. Then you roll plus your smile stat, which we'll get to the stats in a minute. Uh, you know, on a success, they're your friend. I have had this utterly undermine planned NPC interactions many times, and I don't care. Uh, <laughs> because it's more fun if suddenly the, you know, the king of Candy Mountain, who was uh, such a big blowhard, it, you know, like, he has a change of heart. That can happen. And it's exciting. So look fierce when you stand up to a bully. Um, you can you can get them to back down. Players can only bully each other in dented campaigns, so we will not be bullying each other or using look fierce on, e on each other in this campaign, just on my characters as the GM. You can bribe somebody, and that's where you take some of your stuff and you try to buy the cooperation of an, an NPC. You can lead a cheer to change somebody's mood. And again, this is a little bit like the little bit of manipulation like you can have with um, with the softies, but uh, it's a little bit more overt. So it's more, you know, I'm going to tell a story. And so you tell a story and you change their mood and 
and they want to help you. You can play a game. Uh, so when you play a game, you can learn something new, you feel good about yourself, uh, you can convince another uh, character to treat you with respect. Um, and you can even like, this is that you can even end up like winning some stuff because you, you know, put a wager on it. Uh, making a bargain. That's a, that's an outright trade. So bribing is when you want an, a GM NPC to do something, make a bargain is when you want to buy something from them uh, or trade something. Uh, you can cannibalize. That's when you break something to get stuff that you might need. You can find something. That's when you're just scrounging around looking for something, something that you can use, right? Oh, I, I broke this thing and I need, I need a replacement part or I need something that looks kind of like it. You can think it through. And this is another one of those game breaking moves. Uh, this one is you reveal to the GM a fact about the, a problem or mystery and you roll plus strong arm. And I'll, I'll get to those stats in a minute. That is the same stat that you use to push and pull things around, and it's the same one you use to look fierce. Strong arm represents how much influence you have on the world. It's not necessarily physical. And in this case, it's you thought it through and you said, oh no, we can absolutely do this because of this thing. And this thing might be contrary to actual physics, and that's okay. You roll the dice. And it may very well be that you change physics by rolling the dice. Um, <laughs> that could happen, and it's okay. Uh, we had in one of my games, um, which is used as an example in the book, my sister's character said, oh no, if we hold our breath, we'll be able to float over the, over the chasm. And she rolled the dice, and she was right. So they floated. And I was just like, okay, yes, that can happen. All right. And it did. That's cool. There are a couple, I mentioned a few times that, you know, you break a lot in this game. So, you know, you have all these parts and when you take damage, you break one. Well, how do you heal? Uh, so there's a few ways to heal. And one of them is called a jury rig. And that's a fairly standard, we're going to roll the dice and see if I can fix something. But there's also a couple, there are two special repair moves. One is called a minor fix up. So when you're doing a jury rig, you can also repair a part just as a once per session as a like, you know, here, let me, let me, let me do a little patch while I'm, while I'm patching something else. And the other one is called a take a breather. And again, if you're not in imminent danger, you can describe yourself doing a, a small repair and fix something else. There's just kind of like two little, you know, quick little repairs that don't require dice. Don't, there's no risk with them. Um, uh, you can make a device and making a device is the, that's like, that's like a big thing. It's, it's often a quest almost. Um, you'll have to have some stuff. You'll need some things. You'll need like parts that you're going to put together and you'll need helpers. And you'll, when you make the device, it will automatically have a special built-in move based on what you were making. So if it's something like we're going to make a catapult, then its move is going to be, I can throw things very far. Like, like that will be a move that it will have. And you'll just be able to use it to do that. Push or pull is, again, that's a strong arm thing when you try to move something bigger than you. Uh, running away is when you want to avoid getting physically damaged. Um, you just kind of, you just run. You're like, you know, I'm going to run away. Um, 
And uh, and you'll notice that so far I haven't talked about combat. The closest thing that I've mentioned is standing up to a bully. That's because Threadbare doesn't really have combat. And here is our one and only combat move. It is called Fight Song. Fight Song is somebody wants to throw a punch. All right, great. We're going to finish talking because we, we might talk our way out of it anyway. And if we don't, and somebody still really wants to get into that fight, then we drop into a montage and we talk about how did we win the fight. And everybody gets damaged, but what does winning mean to you? And then we move on from there because this is not a game about fighting, uh, which is sort of weird. A lot of RPGs are all about fights and they're all about combat. And you spend like, you know, 50 pages on how to have a fight. And I, I tried many ways to make this game have that and discovered that not only didn't it need that but it works better without it so <laughs> so there you go all right so those are the basic moves so we've decided that we're going to be mecha socks and softies and we picked our our moves and now we're going to select our ability scores i, I alluded to this when i was reading the basic moves scrounge is an ability score and this is your ability to find materials that you're going to use to repair you're going to use to upgrade or to create things so that's your core move for I want to fix something, or I want to find something, or I want to uh, make something. The make a device move, for example, uh, that's actually that actually doesn't use scrounge. It uses the number of helpers that you've got, but you you know you you need to use the scrounge to get the things you're going to use in making a device. Um, Smile is your friendliness and your ability to influence others. So all those manipulation type moves that I mentioned, those all use smile. And then strong arm is your ability to push the world around. And I talked a little bit about that already. It's your ability to sort of influence the world around you. Um, and so everybody has a plus two, a plus one, or a minus one. And you can assign that to each one of those abilities. So scrounge, smile, and strong arm. One of them has a plus two, one is a plus one, and one is a minus one. So go ahead and, and write those down, figure out which one is which. Michael, I bet you'll be very surprised to, to learn where I put my smile. Uh, negative one. Ooh. No, I put a two in there, Michael. Oh! <laughs> Are you usually yeah, the influencer? No, I'm usually the one who's very bubbly and, and bright. Oh, and happy. okay. So, good. Like, I saw that there was a smile stat. I was like, that's, I don't care what I'm going to do. That's going to be my highest <laughs> I one. I got it. <laughs> you got it? All yeah. right. Great. All right. Did everybody, well, while I was going going through the, the basic moves and everything, did everyone come up with their parts for their character? Well, I, I do actually have one question. Yes. Because um, I was like reading what you're talking the first time. I'm sorry. Sure. You talked about how you could have a song as part of one of your parts. Yeah, you can. Did, I, did you hear that correctly? Yeah, you can. So you can have um, physical parts as your parts, but you can also have personality parts if you want. So you can say, I have a favorite color. That's that's one of my parts. Or I collect things. And that's a part is that I collect okay. you know, stamps or whatever. Not that the stamp collection itself is your part, but that you you like them. But keep in mind that those are things that can be broken. So if it's like, I have a favorite song, you could lose your favorite song. You could forget it. <gasps> or it could stop being your favorite. Or you could, you know, like it oh, could, that's it could quote, break. It is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, so don't write anything down as a part that you 
aren't willing to have broken. Now, if you want to have things that are descriptive that are, you know, that, that you don't have as a breakable part, you can write that down as just like, oh, yeah, you know, and I have yellow hair or, oh, I have, um, I do have a favorite song, but it's not a part, you know, like those are fine. You can, that's descriptive. So we have description and we have parts. Okay. I think I'm good. We'll, good. we'll find that in play if All I right. screwed that All up right. terribly. Michael, why don't why don't you start by introducing your your finger puppets and uh So great. Oh my god. Tell us tell us your names and uh pronoun and so forth. Okay, so well, so again, I may have, may have not done that correctly off off the top. So as a collective, my name is Handlin. Handlin? Handlin. Okay. They, them, so we're all they's. There's two thumbs, one of which is called Six, because they're the one that always guards our back. Uh, the the other one's called Thumpkin. I have two forefingers of the twins. They always hang out together. Their favorite uh, band is the Pointer Sisters. Oh. I have Pinky. Uh, I'm missing the ring finger. That That's not there. And I have two songs, uh, Where or where Have My Fingers Been? Because anyone hey, listening has to know nice. that one. And then hold my hand from Hooting the Blowfish. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, I love so, it. So that is handling. That is so good. All right, that's perfect. Okay, uh, Taylor. Uh, so I am. I got the name wrong when I first said who I was, but I am Megaloceros. Uh, I go by Mega, and uh, I use he and him pronouns. And I am just a a. Not a cheap, but like a really nice, like plastic, shiny, um, like very overpriced, probably museum toy. Okay. From like a history museum of a giant, giant prehistoric deer. Excellent. And my my one part is my big plastic body. Of course, of course. Okay, and Lisa. I am a a soft princess puppet kind of doll. Okay. I don't know if she's a puppet. Maybe she's just a doll. Uh, like maybe she used to be a, a soft kind of a marionette kind of girl. And uh, her name is Princess Petunia. Okay. And she's got long blonde hair and she's got a wand and a, and a bag of tricks. And she's got a little stuffed cat familiar. And she keeps those secrets in her bag of tricks. Excellent. All right. So. And her favorite song is Two Princes. Of course, of course. Two princes. That is a, that is a throwback. That is a deep cut way back. <laughs> it, it is. It is. That's um, Spin Doctors, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, does anybody have any questions before we get started? So, Stephanie, is there anything else about the character sheets that we need to know before we get started? Yes. So, in the uh, top corner, you'll see that it says, I have stuff, and it has a box for your holds. So in Threadbare, I simplified equipment down to do you have stuff or do you not? Uh, and stuff is any little things. You know, it could be it could be rubber bands. You've got a, a paper clip. You've got you know uh, a little jar of glue. You, whatever it is, and and you don't have to define define what it is until you need it. Oh wow, okay. nice! But you either have stuff or you don't. So, and how do we know if we do or do not? If Very so, cool. there's a checkbox. So, if you have stuff, you put a check in the checkbox. I suggest using pencil because if you don't have stuff, you erase your checkbox or erase your checkmark. 
Okay. And then your holds, when you roll a six or less, uh, you break apart and you get a hold. And each character form gets to use their hold for something different. So, and I went over that at the beginning. So, for example, um, I think the, uh, the, the rock solid, your hold lets you avoid being moved, right? And the ragdoll, her hold is uh, she gets to ask a character a question. And if it's a GM character, I must answer honestly. And the finger puppets, they have, they get a hold if, where they can use to establish a minor fact about someone they just met. And th- like, this isn't, these holds, you don't, you don't have to roll. This is when you want to use that hold, you use it and it works. Gotcha. And it's like no, no ifs, ands, or buts. There's, there's a lot of narrative control with those holds. So. Okay. Okay. Alrighty, um, so let us get started on the adventure. Adventure! Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out therpgacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash vrpgacademy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the DriveThruRPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG. Our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at vrpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google+, at the RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, The Caleb G, at The Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at The RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. Right.